We live in a world of the unknown where questions about life, death, loss, and tragedy can sometimes overwhelm us. When we seek out those who may have the ability to provide answers to these questions, we are often forgetful that when we seek the truth, we might actually find it. Here is Abra Arneson and the woman who calls the dead. The woman who calls the dead. Silence creeps. Not long ago, green leaves whispered rain song in warm breezes, and bees returned home with heavy sacks of brightly colored pollen clinging to their back legs. Now, stillness falls across the land as skeletal branches scrape the gray sky and the veil between the worlds thins. We had spent days preparing for her and the guests she calls to us on this night. We scrubbed the floors, slaughtered the animals, and mixed their bones with twigs and branches in preparation for the great bonfire. We set the table with a feast of roast lamb, squash stuffed with sweet nuts and stuffed apples. The sun was setting when the vulva appeared in the doorway, crooked and bent, draped in a dark blue cloak studded with gemstones glistening like stars. Her ice-blue eyes gazed into our gentle home. A chill scurried across the floor and settled into the gloom lurking in the corners. Her hand, gloved in Kat's soft white fur, pushed the hood of her cloak back. Her skin, finely lined, was as thin as the wisps of mist that rise from the river in moonlight. Beneath her cloak, she wore a dress with nettle, woven with nettle, and around her waist was a belt with a conch made from the conch that grows on the birch tree. In the pouch, she carried her magic plants. She held in her arm, she held in the crook of her arm a staff of sturdy iron. The metal distaff was welded to the top with rings that sprinkled her every movement with twinkling music like fireflies spark in night's darkness. The next day, the vulva and her women rest. Only the woman who speaks with plants moves about our home, preparing the herbs used for the night's ritual. She brews a pot of valerian. As it quietly simmers over the fire, its strong scent fills the house. Cats in their daytime slumber catch a whiff of the sacred plant's medicine and awaken. They rub their legs against the plant woman, bawling their otherworldly song, calling to the ecstasy the plant offers them. I am crouched in the corner near the woman, quietly watching when she turns to me and tells me the cats are putting their night scene medicine into the brew. When the sun sets below the horizon, the fire in the hearth is put out. 
Darkness fills all spaces. The air is thick with the smoke of mugwort, yarrow, and valerian. Silence descends. The vulva whispers into her silver bowl containing valerian's medicine. There is an ash I know called Yggdrasil, a mighty tree moist with shining drops. From it comes dew that falls adown, it stands green over Erd's well. Thence come the all-knowing maidens, three in the hall under the tree. Erd is one, another Virdani. They scored the wood and sculled the third. They laid down laws. They allot life for humankind's children. Speaking fate. She drinks it. The women begin to sing. Theirs is a sweet, haunting song with no words to carry meaning. Their intoned sounds rides a melody older than time. The melody casts into the vast darkness of the night a net to catch the souls of the dead. Caught in the weave of the song, those who dwell below and those who dwell above enter into our world. When the ancestors are gathered, the prepared feast is offered to them. The women quietly continue to sing to the invisible guests as they enjoy the taste of harvest. When it is time, the vulva quietly taps her staff on the floor. And we know we may now ask the questions that stir deep in our hearts. Will disease come this year? If so, what plants should we use? Will I have a child this year? If so, who should I name it for? Should we journey from home this year? If so, in what direction will bring the greatest reward? Who will die? Who will be lost? Who will be found? When the questions have all been asked, the women begin to sing again. Their song is no longer soft. It carries anguish. It's a wailing cry, loud and coarse. The song's pain I feel in my heart. The vulva's song calls to the lost souls, those who died in violence, confusion, or aloneness. These are the restless souls who follow the living. Some draw on a loved one's life force like a dog chewing on a bone, sucking the marrow. My sister begins to weep and moan with the horrible, mournful sound like the sea at midnight as a storm comes ashore. The sea swallowed her husband last spring. My aunt, her son's skull crushed under the hooves of a horse during a raid this past summer, shakes and trembles, her arms flailing like one crawling through wet mud. The neighbor, a kindly woman, 
begins to growl, gnashing her teeth, the terrible sound of hunger. Her boy went into the wood just a month ago and has yet to return. The air is cold, the singing becomes a shrill, the song is frightening, the wind screeches its icy cold breath rattling the shatters over the windows. The vulva thumps her sore, her the vulva thumps her staff onto the floor like thunder. There is silence. Peace fills the darkness. The weeping, gnashing, and trembling stop. We sit together in the silent darkness. One more time, the vulva thumps her staff on the floor and na And now we shout and bang the floor with our hands. We send the ancestors back across the veil to the other side. Outside the wood and animal bones are set ablaze. We drink mead made from springtime's roses and dance the wild dance of release. As morning light begins to dim the stars, we light torches from the fire from last year's bones to carry home. From the torch, we light once more the fire in the hearth. We sleep with no fear, no sorrow, no worry. <laughs>